Revelation chapter 3. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll ask the Lord to help us this morning. I, I am uh, just honored to be here. Uh, I don't feel like I have anything to share with you other than what God has given me to share with you. I am nothing. Uh, it's all about Jesus Christ. And so hopefully today that you'll leave here challenged and encouraged by what you see in the Word of God. So let's ask the Lord to help us this morning. Heavenly Father, we do um, let you know how reliant upon you we are. We, we can do nothing. Without you, we can do nothing. We know that and we realize that. And Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would move in today and take your word and use it in the lives of everyone here today. Thank you for this the pastor, for the church, for those who work with him, uh, for the reputation and testimony that this church has across our nation. And Lord, I pray that even today many would be challenged. And Lord, if there be someone here today that doesn't know you as Savior, that they would make that um, wonderful decision to accept you and have their sins forgiven. So, Lord, I pray that in this time, you would meet with us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. All right, what goes through your mind when you hear this? You know, you're at home, it's about 7 o'clock at night, you're just kind of unwinding, and all of a sudden you hear... If you're my wife, you run the other direction and you hide in the basement, right? She does not want to answer... The door. That's what we, I say, answer the door. She's like, it's, anyway, there's a few people that come, there's one religious group that comes regularly to our house. I'm not sure why, but they come to see my wife all the time. And, and it's not the Baptists, all right? And so, and I've told them before, I'm a Baptist preacher. You don't need to come by here. We're, we're, we're good, all right? But, uh, they come by. And so she knock, they knock on the door. You're like, what's, what's going on there, you know? Why do, um, why does someone knock on your door? Because they want your attention. They want to talk to you about something. They've come out of their way. Either they want your money or, or they want you to come to church with them or something. Some of you maybe go out door knocking for your church. And we do that because we want their attention. And we want to take their attention and focus it on Jesus Christ, right? That's what we're doing. So we knock on a door because we want their attention. And so the title of our message this morning is Somebody's Knocking. Somebody's knocking. I hope to show you today that today, in your life, somebody is knocking. We're looking at a very familiar verse of Scripture to begin with, but I hope you'll see some truth here and look at it maybe in a different light this morning. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Many of you could probably quote the verse if if I gave you a, a head start there. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. The Bible says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice... And open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you know your Bible and you know this area, Revelation 2 and 3 are seven short letters written to seven real churches at the time. This last letter is a church in the city of Laodicea. And so we know that these seven different churches and seven different letters, and we're right here in the last part, the last little letter of Revelation chapter 3. And Christ says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And so let's look at that here. First of all, look who's knocking. I think we understand this, but look who's knocking. It's always important to know who's knocking. If I said today, this morning, if I just met you and I walked up to you and we talked for a little bit and I said this to you, knock, knock, you would say, Exactly. You know, that that's how it goes, right? That's the, the old joke. And so when someone knocks, the question is, who's there? My wife uh, tries to peek through the curtain to see who's there. 
I go to the door and open it to see who's there. My wife peeks through the curtain. I, I need to get her a little peephole so she can look through there. And they can eat. I mean, my wife's kind of short, so I'm going to have a lower peephole. Uh, one for me and one for her. <laughs> and so uh, we want to know, it's important to know when someone knocks, who's there? What's, what's going on? Who's at my door, right? And so here in this passage, we don't have to guess because the Bible tells us exactly who's knocking. Revelation 2 and 3, like I said, are these seven letters, and it's an extended quote. And So if you have a red-letter Bible, these are all in red letters. So it's the same person that's doing the talking all through chapter 2 and 3, and we're introduced to this person way back in chapter 1. So let's look back and see, uh, though we know already, let's see the description of the person who's talking. Revelation chapter 1, and we'll begin in verse number 10. Revelation 1, verse number 10. The Bible says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and, and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. So this person who's at the door has the voice of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in the book and send unto the seven churches which are in Asia, uh, unto Ephesus and Smyrna, unto Pergamos, unto Thyatira, unto Sardis, unto Philadelphia, unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. And here's the description. Clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about with paths of the golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes Whereas a flame of fire. And, and so this person that's knocking the door, the Bible says his eyes are the flame of fire. They're burning. Have you ever looked into someone's eyes who's penetrated you? This person who's at the door, if you'll look him in the eyes, his eyes will penetrate like a fire. And the Bible says here that his voice was like a trumpet. Powerful. Authoritative. When Jesus Christ is on earth, the, uh, the people said, man, this guy teaches differently because he speaks like one that has authority. He's not like the Pharisees. This guy has authority. His voice trumpeted and his eyes burned. Look at verse 15. And his feet like unto a brass as they burned in a furnace and his voice as a sound of many waters. And here we hear, uh, it's like a, his voice is like a trumpet. His voice is like the sound of many waters. My wife grew up in Nova Scotia near the ocean. You could, it's just constant. You could hear those waves and, and brother Alcock knows that, that sound. Of, and then maybe when the waves are crashing and the, the loudness and the, and the power, that's his voice. That's who's knocking on the door here. It's a burning eye and it, 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 the white wall and the, the brass and, and this whole picture that we see here in his eyes and his voice as many waters. Look at verse 16. And he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the countenance as the sun shineth in his strength. So out of his mouth, the word's like a a two-edged sword. His word, it it cuts. His word is powerful. And you'll listen. That's why we've gathered here today. The only reason that you've taken your time of your schedule to come here and sit in in these pews is because the word of God is like a sword and the word of God is powerful. And it's either you've come today looking for the word of God to change your life or in the past the word of God has changed your life. And so we understand the word of Christ is like a sword. And the Bible says that that is uh, 
His son, his face, his countenance was like the sun. You can't even look. His eyes are like fire and his face is like the sun. I mean, it shines in his strength. And verse 17, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. I mean, the person that's knocking at the door is not a door-to-door salesman. He's not, he's not even a, a Baptist doing a good work. This is the Son of God. And when the author saw the man who's now knocking at the door, he, when he got a picture of who Jesus Christ really was, he fell at his feet as dead. And so we, most of you, a lot of you can quote, yeah, behold, I stand at the door and knock, but realize who that person is. And if you ever got a real glimpse, if we ever got a real glimpse of Jesus Christ, know what we would do? Fall on our face as dead. Someday we'll see him. Someday we'll look into those eyes and that countenance and touch those hands. But for now, we can't see him. Only with our, our imagination, only with our spirit can we see him. So see Jesus Christ here. He says this uh, as he falls on the face uh, as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth. I love this. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. This is our Savior. This is Jesus Christ. He was alive. He died. He gave his life. No man took it from him. He laid it down. And then he came back to life. He's alive today. That's our Jesus Christ. That's the person who's knocking at the door. who's, Who's on the other side of the door. It's not just someone. It's not a nuisance. It's not just someone coming to, to, to try to get some money from you. It is Jesus Christ, the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. This is who's at the door. It's very important to understand the person at the door. And so next time you think of this verse, behold, I stand at the door and the knock. I want you to pause for a minute and realize who the person is. Get this paint a middle picture in your mind of, of the face and the eyes and, and the voice and the trumpet and all these things the Bible talks about. This is Jesus Christ. Look over now to verse Chapter 3, verse 14. As he begins this letter to the church in Laodicea, he describes himself a bit more. And on the angel of the church of the Laodicea, write, These things saith the Amen. He says, I'm the Amen. You know, interesting thing I found about the word Amen is probably the most recognized word in the world. Because in almost every language, though a different accent, a different tone, amen is amen. Right? In the Philippines, how do you say amen? Amen, right? And, and, and that's, it's almost a, a universal word that is just transliterated from language to language. It means, so be it. I agree. It's true. Right? And Jesus Christ said, I am truth. I am the amen. When you amen in church, it's about me. And, and so he's saying, I am all these things. I am the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. This is the, the creator God. Jesus Christ stands at the door and knocks for our attention. That's who's knocking. Very important to understand when someone knocks, who's there? Wow, that's a description. <laughs> that's quite a description of Jesus. And so I think we need to look back at that when we think about that. And, and knowing this is Jesus Christ makes me ask a couple of questions. Here's the questions I have. Jesus Christ is the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, right? Amen? All right. Why is the King knocking? 
Does the king ever knock? Like, as far as I understand, when a king, if a king were to walk through the room, there would probably be first some soldiers that would come in, maybe some trumpet, da 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 you know, here comes the king. Everybody bow. The king is, he does, the king does not knock, the king gets announced. But here, we find our king knocking. See, our king is unlike any other king. We have a servant king. Jesus Christ, listen to me please, never forced himself on anybody, but he gave himself for everybody. That's our king. That's our king. And so Jesus Christ does not barge into our life and say, here I am taking thing, taking over. I'm the king. I'm going to take my rightful position as the king of kings. One day he will. But for now, he knocks. Why is the king knocking? Why is the master of the house knocking? I'm the master of my house. Right, Jackie? Amen? All right. <laughs> I don't think I've ever preached this when she's in the room. All right. So <laughs> I'm the owner of my house. We have a, a key code. So I, I never knock on my door. I use the key code. If it's locked, I go in. I, I, don't wait, I don't knock and ask permission to come to my house. It's my house. But yet Jesus Christ, who has every right to your life, knocks. So I say to you, he doesn't force himself into the life of his children either. You may be saved, you may have trusted Jesus Christ as, as, as Savior, but he doesn't force himself to be the master of every area of your life. He waits for you to offer that to him. And so he's, here's the master, the king, knocking at the door. So look who's knocking. It's Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the master of our life, but yet he's knocking. I want you to listen to his message. Look who's knocking and listen to his message. Look at chapter 3, verse 20 again. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear me knock. Is that what it says? Look at it. If any man hear me knock, doesn't say that. If any man hear my voice. So he's not only knocking, he's calling. <laughs> Alright, you hear me? So he, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice, he's calling. He's saying something. Hey! I have something to tell you. I have an important message. I'm on the other side of the door, but I have an important message. He's not only knocking, he's calling. So I guess your next question should be, What's he saying? Right? Wouldn't, that be, wouldn't it be quite? So if we have, we find the creator of the universe, the master, the king of kings, lord of lords, who has every right to walk into, take charge, be in charge, but he's not doing that. He's knocking and he's saying something. I think it'd be important to hear what he says. And again, we don't have to speculate what he's saying because the Bible tells us exactly what he's saying. Look back in chapter 3, verse 15. He's saying to this church, in Laodicea, I know thy works. I know thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. 
I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. That's what he's saying. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I could preach messages on that content there. Just let me say this. He's saying, I know exactly where you are. And at this point, he's saying to this church, you have left me out. You don't think you need me. You're rich and increase with goods and everything's good. And, and you haven't, you, you don't need me. So I'm coming to you. That's what he's saying. You're, you're lukewarm. You're, you're neither hot nor cold. And, I, and it makes me sick. I, I can't stand it. I can't stand that this relationship is not working for me. I can't stand to see you in the condition that you're in. And I'm coming to your door to knock and to call because I have a message for you. That's what he's saying. He cares for us. He, he, he comes to us. What a message this is. He's crying out for our attention. I want your attention. You forgot me. You've gone through Monday through Saturday and I wasn't part of your life and now you're here at church on Sunday. Listen, I'm trying to get your attention. See, this is not my word. This is God's word. And so God's word is like a sword coming out. So listen to his voice trumpeting to your soul and his words coming as a, 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 a muddy water in your soul. Maybe you've left him out this week. Maybe if you look past this week, you've been busy doing your own thing and you forgot all about Jesus Christ, the master of your life. And you've left him. You, you don't care what he says about your relationships. You don't care what he says about your your career. You don't care what he says about your finances. All you do is come on Sunday morning, sit in a pew, listen to the Bible, and go back and do your own thing. I'm glad you're here. But he's still knocking at your door. This message was written to the church, to the church of Laodicea. This message was not written to the people of the city. of Laodicea. It was written to the church. And he's saying to the people in the church, you have left me out. He's crying for your attention. But listen, he's crying for a decision. Look, look what he says the last part of verse number 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Listen, here's the decision. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Make a decision. Make a decision. Be zealous means to be, get fired up. Get passionate. I mean, the song leader today, he said, I love your enthusiasm. I'm not sure if he meant that or not. I don't know what he was saying there. But I love your enthusiasm. Be passionate. Be zealous. And repent. Repent. You forgot me. Repent. You've left me out. Repent. Turn from being so cluttered with the things of this world and focus on me. I am the, I am the God of creation. I, I am the first and the last. I am Alpha and Omega. I am the Amen. Listen to me. I'm here for your attention. I'm here for a decision. Hey, you've come to church today. The Word of God's going to go out. And Christ may work in your heart to make a decision. This, again, for all of us, we need to repent. Sometimes you just need to say, hey, I've been wrong in this area. I've left you out of this area. I haven't given you the attention that you deserve. His message is clear. Repent. Now, I want to show you one last thing. I want you to learn his desire. Look at verse 20 again. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and he will Serve me. Doesn't say that. 
Is it right to serve the Lord? Yeah. Is he looking for your service? Not first off. If you open the door, I'll, I'll come into him and he can worship me. Worship is great and we ought to worship. He's not looking for worship here. That's not the main thing on his mind. If you open the door, I'll come in and, and you can obey me and you can be, I can be the king of your life. He's not saying that. He says, if I come into him, you know what? All those things, worship, obedience, the angels can do all that. But there's one thing that, that you can do that angels can't do. Voluntary, voluntarily fellowship with him. He says, if I come in with you, I want to sup with you. I want to sit down with you. I want, I want to converse with you. I want to, I want to do life together. That's what he, he's saying. What is his, he wants your, he doesn't want your service. First, he wants your fellowship. Wow. The thing on his mind is not your service. The thing on his mind is your heart. He wants a relationship with you. It's amazing to me to think that Jesus Christ would come out of his way to come knock on my door because he wants to spend time with me. Considering who he is and who I am. I heard I was listening to Brother Elcock preach, just trying to hear how you guys did your Sunday night service. And I think he mentioned how many people in the world, like eight billion people in the world. Eight, eight billion people in the world today, and Jesus Christ cares enough about me that he wants to fellowship with me. That, that, that blows my mind. Who are who's man you're even mindful of us, the psalmist said. Like it, we were driving in last night and the moon was huge as we were coming in, and we were just talking about God's creation and how massive it is. I read this week that, um, how do they say that? If you, if you took, Earth is so small compared to the rest of the creation that if you took the most powerful uh, telescope from the planet Earth and you put it on the closest star, Alpha Centauri, and you put it, that our telescope on that star, you cannot see Earth. Alpha Centauri is so massive Compared to what Earth is, we can see from Earth, we can see Alpha Centauri, but you couldn't see the other direction. Earth is like such a speck. And you're a speck on top of a speck. And your speck is just a short 70, 80 year span. But God cares about you. Enough that He's going to come by your door and says, Hey, uh, I think you forgot something this week. Hey, this morning when you rushed out and didn't spend any time with me in devotions, you, you forgot something. You forgot me, the King. The Master, the Alpha Omega, first and last, the Amen, the Creator. You forgot me. He says, and I love this, he says, if any man, if any man hear my voice, it's a personal decision. Whatever Legacy Baptist Church does doesn't matter as much as what you do. Right? I mean, Legacy Baptist Church as a whole does wonderful things. We're going to, Legacy Baptist Church is going to help support Delta Bible Camp. Legacy Baptist Church is going to help support Barry Precious Seed. Legacy Baptist Church is going to try to get the gospel around to this community through the help program and different things, and, and that's great. But what are you doing with the relationship with Jesus Christ? If any man, if any man hear my voice, I'll sup with him. So Jesus Christ says, it's up to you if I sup with you and you and you and you. How close do you want to be to me? It's up to you. The Bible says elsewhere in James, draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. He's just waiting for you 
to make that step. But even when you don't make that step, he's still initiating the contact. He says, I stand at the door and knock. He's not content to just let you go by through your life and never think about him. Hey, what about, hey, 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 it's, it's Jesus Christ. I'm here. Open the door. If you open the door, I, I, I'm not going to yell at you. I, I don't want to, I don't want your money. I want your, I want your time. I want your heart. I want to sup with you. I even heard Pastor Elcock say that. You know, when we, when we hear the word fellowship, what do we think of? Potluck. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? The word food and fellowship go together. And that's what Christ is saying here. I'll come in and we'll sit down and we'll sup together. That's what he really wants. So let me close this thought here. This, and this is what you really want you to get today. Several times in the New Testament, we see the idea of knocking. Here in Revelation, we see Christ is dealing with a, a black-slidden church. And he's knocking. Christ is doing the knocking. But it's the only time in the New Testament where we see Christ doing the knocking. Okay? Every other time in the New Testament where it talks about knocking in this kind of relationship, it goes something like this. Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. And then what's the last part? Knock and it shall be opened unto you. We are to be the ones doing the knocking. We are to be the ones hungry and thirsty for fellowship with our Savior. He should never come knock on your door because you're already knocking at His door. you understand that? So um, the point of the, the title of the message is, in your life, somebody's knocking. Today, this moment, this week, somebody was knocking. If you are in a relationship where you're like, I can't wait to spend time with Jesus Christ and I'm going to get up and spend time with Him and I'm going to go knock on His door on Monday and knock on His door on Tuesday and knock on His door on Wednesday and I can't wait to fellowship with my Savior. This is my life. This is how I live. I hope that's you today. I hope that's you, that you're the one knocking on His door and, and you're knocking and receiving and asking and all those things. That's our prayer time. That's our fellowship. That's our relationship. I hope that everyone in this room is in that in that spot. But I guarantee you, in a room this size... Many of us did not knock like we should have. And if we don't knock on his door long enough, guess what he does? He comes and knock. Hey, did you forget something? Hey, hey, backslidden church. Hey, you're not where you're supposed to be. Hey, you didn't, we didn't fellowship much this week. So the truth of the matter is, in everyone's life this week, somebody was knocking. Either you were knocking at his door, at his throne room, to get grace and mercy to help in time of need, or he's knocking in your life saying, hey, I think you forgot something. And that applies to everyone. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ as your Savior, this verse is really written to a church, but it's also written to, it certainly applies to people who have never been saved because he left heaven to come to earth to pursue a relationship with you through dying on the cross. And he gave his life for your sins just as much as my sins or anybody else's sins. And so today, he's calling to you. Come. Come to me. Repent. I want a relationship. I want to save you. 
I want, I want to take away all your guilt. I want to take away all, all your sin. And I want to give you a home in heaven. And I want to have this relationship with you. Just come to me. Come to me. I'm here for you. I died for you. I, I, I live for you. I make intercession for you. Come to me. And so he's calling to you. And if you're saved and you haven't knocked on his door lately, this is the church of Laodicea. You don't need me. You're rich and increasing goods and you don't need to spend time with me. Guess what? You're not really what you think you are. You're wretched and naked and blind. And I love you enough to come to you. And I'll chasten you if I have to. But I come to you to say, be zealous and repent. Unfortunately, we get so distracted and busy that Christ stands outside and he's doing most. In our churches today, he's doing most of the knocking. When it ought to be you. And it ought to be me. So hungry for that fellowship that we just can't wait to knock. So in your life, who's doing the knocking? Is it you? Then praise the Lord. Keep knocking. That's what he says. Asking shall receive. Seeking to find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. Just keep knocking, keep knocking, keep knocking. And if not, maybe today you need to repent and say, hey, this week I haven't knocked like I should. And God, I realize today that Jesus Christ wants my fellowship. And this week... I'm going to do the knocking. I'm going to open that door and say, come on in, let's fellowship. And then from now on, you won't have to come to my house because I'll be in your throne room every day knocking, knocking, knocking. Somebody's knocking. Will it be you? Or are you going to make the king come to your place? That's up to you. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and we'll sup with him.